This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. See what 800 other churches have learned, that Grow isn't just a curriculum, but a strategy for growth in your ministry. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com on the Curriculum tab to learn how you can get Grow Curriculum and Youth Ministry Booster to boost your entire ministry for 2018. Youth pastors in the know, go with Grow Boosted. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 126 of the Youth Ministry Booster podcast. This is the one where we interview one of our new favorite friends from Team Booster. You're going to meet this guy via audio and you're going to love the connection you make because Carl is warm, engaging, and oh so wise and helpful. If you've been in youth ministry for seven months or like Carl, 17 years, you're going to love what he has to say. And if you like what he has to say, you should definitely check out Youth Ministry Booster, the network by going to youthministrybooster.com for a two-week free trial where you could get put in, matched with Carl and his one of his mastermind groups. And you can learn more from him. They meet on the reg. And we have a lot of other mastermind groups that meet on the regular because Youth Ministry Booster is about that healthy community for youth pastors that want to do youth ministry better. And we love it. And we love Carl. And you're going to love this episode. So check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another special interview episode of the Youth Energy Booster podcast with one of our new favorite friends. So we travel a lot. We get to go to different conferences, meet people. And then sometimes people meet us because of people that we... Anyway, it's a whole big mess. Don't worry about it. All you got to know is that the guy on the show today is not only Chad's new best friend that he has threatened to replace <laughs> me with, but also one of the warmest individuals and biggest personalities. You're going to feel the Carl hug come through your ear pods today. So ladies and gentlemen, give a big warm welcome to the one, the only Carl Romeus. Carl, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Dude, now, Zach, now every time I meet somebody, they're going to try to hug me. And I... <laughs> I don't want anyone touching me. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm sorry. That just, was the. Thing. You just gave thousands of youth workers permission to walk up to me and hug me, and I don't want that. Like, That's I don't good. want that. Well, that, that you know becomes I mean? like the great like first conversation. Like, hey, you're the guy I can hug, right? And you're like, no, and stiff I'm like, arm, no. no. I, I'm not that guy. It's the like, other guy. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. other Carl. Other Carl. It's the other Carl. Right. All the all the other Carls in youth ministry. That's right. That's right. Uh, what but, is up, but I, my friend? I'm good, man. I just I, I appreciate your warmth. You know, it's one of those that you meet a lot of people and like you hear that they're like, oh, he, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a nice yeah. guy. And then like the the warmth isn't there, right? Like it's one of those yeah. you assume that they're like nice, but they're not always warm. <laughs> and you just have a warmth and like just like a sincerity that we just. I think we spent most of National Workers Convention this last fall just like hanging out and talking and not actually yeah. going to anything because like yeah. every conversation with you felt like a breakout. It was great. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, as one of my bearded brothers, uh, I, I love you and Chad and everything you guys are doing, man. Thanks, yeah, man. It's, it's it's an honor to be with you guys. <laughs> well, the, the 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 denim mafia, right? Like we've all the got, yeah, we're, we're always wearing <laughs> denim. So if you're ever looking for Carl and I at a, at a youth ministry event, uh, one of us is always wearing denim and maybe both Facts. of us are wearing denim jackets and then Chad's Facts. probably wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, before we get into everything else, Carl, I think folks want to know, they want to know the story, right? Like part of youth ministry is the call. Like, okay, you're doing a thing that maybe makes sense to people that are doing the thing, but not to like normal humans. So like, why in the world is someone who's like fun, energetic like you, like why, why youth ministry? There's probably a lot of other things that you could be energetic about. So like, why in the world are you doing youth ministry? 
Man, uh, I, I got to tell you, I, this wasn't my idea. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't think this is where I would end up. Um, I was uh, going to school back East. I'm from Boston and um, originally now I'm in California, but uh, I was going to school back East. I was playing basketball at college. I was studying uh, political science and history. I was going to go and uh, be a lawyer and make buku cash. And None of uh, that sounds like anything that youth ministers do. So I really want to know the story needs to take a sharp turn because you're saying all the, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to, I, so I'm like, and I grew up as a Christian, you know, went to church, but always kind of one foot in one foot out kind of thing. Um, and uh, one Saturday morning I wake up uh, before why do you say one Saturday morning I wake up? Like, you don't have to tell people you woke up. They know you woke up. So one Saturday morning. You're here. Morning, clearly you did. Yeah. I, I, I'm clearly here, right? So one Saturday morning, I'm getting ready to go to uh, um, practice. And clear as day, I was just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, and I walk into my athletic director's office. You're done? Uh, I'm just done. I play, okay. And I've been playing basketball since I was uh, in second grade. And I was just done. And I just told him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm not going to play anymore. Uh, this wasn't a huge loss for the team, but, <laughs> but he's just like, he's like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to take the week off now? I'm like, no, I'm done. And then I have another bright idea. Um, after I leave coach Nelson's office, I walk down to the registrar and I drop out of school. This is like the craziest Saturday of my life. And uh, I Did you like down. break it with a girlfriend too? Are you just like decommitting all over the place? Are you just like just, just all, dropping all the bad habits? Just everything. It's like, done. like Bob Goff. Like Bob Goff. I quit something. <laughs> quit week. it all. Right, right. Quit. Um, long story short, over the next like two months, uh, I become one of the top nightclub promoters in all of Boston. Yeah. And, and I open a nightclub. Like, this is like the most bizarre. I end up opening a nightclub. I do that for like a year and a half almost. Okay. Total, now I'm like, I'm going to be in the world. I'm just going <laughs> to live in this thing. Most people play basketball and then open the nightclub. nightclub. You're quit yeah, yeah, basketball. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I, and I just jumped two feet in into like, I said, I'm going to be this, this kind of, this duality that I had most of my life. I think for most Christians, especially as, as you're figuring out your faith, there's this duality. It's the person that I want to be, and it's the person that I am. The person God wants me to be, and the person that I am. And I, I fully wanted to reject the person that God wanted me to be. So I said, I'm going to just lean into my flesh. Yeah. And, um, and in doing that, like I did the nightclub thing for, yeah, like a, like a year and a half. But what I found myself was instead of being more happy and more content with life, I just started to spiral into this like really, really deep depression. Mm. And it was like, I was have I had all the stuff, all the trappings that, you know, a 19, 20 year old kid wants, but it, it, it was just making me feel worse. Mm. Um, so I, I quit doing the nightclub thing. I moved back in with my parents um, and I just start collecting Bibles. Like, I mean, I, I'm like going to Berean and Lifeway, and I'm just buying Bibles and I get all these legal pads that are going to date me a little bit. I get all these legal pads and all these Bibles. And for like three months, I just sit in my childhood bedroom, reading the Bible okay, and write and writing stuff down. Okay. And in retrospect, what I know I was, what I think I was asking, I was asking God, God, like, you got to show me, you got to yeah. prove it to me. You yeah. got to, 
I, and I didn't need to, I didn't need answers about like evolution or Armenianism versus, you know, da, 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 Calvinism. I didn't need that. I was like, you got to show me, you got to prove to me that you're the thing. You're the one I should be living my mm-hmm. life for and everything in me. And, uh, I'm sitting there and I get to Acts chapter seven, uh, the stoning of Stephen. And I, I read that passage. I read that, that account. And right there, I had accepted Christ when I was 13, but this is my moment. Okay. And I, I, I start weeping mm-hmm. like, like a, like a baby, man. Like I just start weeping. And I look at this passage and I said, Jesus, I, I want to be like that guy. Mm. I want to be like that guy, a guy who's so sold out for you, who, who is so uh, committed to you that he will throw everything to the wayside, including his life for the sake of your cause to proclaim your truth. Mm. And I don't know why that story rang so true. true. I know why it's the Holy, it's the Holy spirit just got involved and just, and, and right there, man, I, uh, uh, told my mom, I said, Hey, I'm going to (laughs) move. I'm going to move. I'm going to go to Bible college and become a pastor. And, and, and that was that man, like a funny little side story. Uh, so I get all my brothers and cousins together to tell them I'm moving away to go to Bible college. And, uh, it's this big, awesome moment. A bunch of years later, they <laughs> were all hanging out and my brother's like, Hey, Carl, remember that time before you moved away that you would tell, to tell us that you were going to go be a pastor. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, we thought you were going to come out. We thought you were totally going to tell us that you were gay. Oh, so he's okay. like, right. he's like, he's like, so we met beforehand and like talked about how we were going to approach all this stuff. So I was like, Oh my gosh, that's not what I, mean. and he's like, ready for a big announcement. Right, right, they, right. Like, it's going to be like some big life transforming thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it really was. So my call story is a little bit more dramatic than, than most, but, but the part for me, that's the, 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 the linchpin. It, it really is, is in my childhood bedroom on the floor with a bunch of Bibles, read back mm. seven. Um, and, and it, you know, no one around, it's just me, me and Jesus, man. I, I love that like monastery moment of like, you like kind of like lived in the way in which you yep. were thought and going in a way and going in a different direction and then yep. like return home, but in like a new way. Like that's, that's a powerful kind of like, it's a Jonah story, right? It's one of those, yeah. I went, but it's like, I, I went for my own reasons and then I came back. Oh, that's good. That's strong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, it was, it was awesome. So you've been serving youth ministry for how long now? 17 years 17 years and in those 17 years has there been like a favorite moment or like a moment that's really like catalyzed like this like this is the thing like solidified like like all all that time of like reading scripture in your childhood bedroom has there been some particular moments in these 17 years where you're like obviously this is what i was always meant to do yeah you know i get the awesome privilege of working at a really large church and I have a lot of big church ministry stuff, but it was the first church that I worked at. It's a little tiny family church in Northern Arizona. And I I was a kid's pastor for a little bit. Um, Man, I love kids ministry. And this was the moment for me, man. I'm teaching like a group of like 25, like elementary age kids. And there's this kid sitting on the front row, uh, Benny, uh, the cutest little kids you've ever seen. And I'm telling the story of David and Goliath, you know, classic David, the stones, throws it in Goliath's head, da, 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 da. God, want, God loves us. He, but then I'm like, hey, and here's a part of the story no one ever tells you. Afterward, David takes a sword and cuts off Goliath's head. And I see this kid's eyes, his eyes, I see Benny's eyes light up. 
And I realized in this moment, like I'm standing there teaching, but I'm looking at him and I realized he's never heard this before. Okay. He's never heard this. He's in first grade. Right. And I go, and right there is it. I was like, this is what I did. Mm. I get an opportunity to shine a light on God's word. And for some people, for maybe the very first time and have these illuminating aha moments. And that was it for me. I was like, this is too good. This is too good. I got, I got to chase. Always I got to chase yeah, after yeah. this. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, and that, 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 that was like my first two years of ministry. Um, and it is, it's still that memory that I think through and that I'm always kind of going back to like, it doesn't matter if I'm in front of 25 kids or 2,500 kids. I'm thinking of that aha moment for a kid mm. uh, sit, sitting out there. Seeing it for the very first time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there, there is that moment of recognition that like uh, for youth pastors that are listening, like think about it. Like if you, if you, if you haven't, spoke or shared with a student or a group of students recently and seen that look uh it's unforgettable it's, it's unforgettable Absolutely. when the student comes up to you because it's either the look on their face or it's the moment after where they're like i had never heard it that way or yeah. heard it that way before and you connected some dots or you illuminated some truth that whether it was the timing or the season or stage of life that just spoke a word and that's and that is we'll come back to this at the end when we talk more about like speaking and communication, but there is something there that is the timeless art of proclaiming yeah. truth. It's, it's, it's not a one and done thing because there's, no. there's just always these different like things happening in our lives and bombarding yeah. our lives and just being able to like articulate the truth, not because it was maybe even like well said, but it was just yep. well timed. And I think it's that's timely, a man. really powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's timely. And, and you see that all throughout scripture, man. You see Jesus with the disciples time and time again, three and a half years, he's with them. And he's saying the same stuff. And <laughs> it's, after, it's, it's, it's healings. It's, it, yeah. it's, it's healings. It's feedings. It's teachings. <laughs> and, 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 and even these guys after Christ ascends uh, before Christ ascends. And it's like those 40 days he's here on, the, on earth with them. They're still not getting it. And, you know, like one of my favorite things is, is in John 21 when he's like with the disciples and he's having breakfast with them. He's like, Peter, you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, you love me? Care for my... It's just this, like, it's the timeliness of it. And yeah, you're, you're, you're totally on, man. I could go on, on this forever. Oh, that's I good. Think and, this we'll come back to it. This, this, yeah. is, this is why we're talking today. Um, yeah. Th- that's, that's well and good. But as we all know, in 17 years, I'm sure there's been some nights where maybe, maybe what felt timely... <laughs> Yeah. Was time for you to make your exit. So, Carl, still in the thing. So you haven't quit yet. But was ever no. a night, seventeen years, where you were like, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the last time that we do this. <laughs> you know, it, it it was it was. Um, I was in between. I, I'm like driving to this church. I'm serving at this church, and I'm driving an hour to work at this church for like pennies on the dollar. You know, and I asked the senior pastor for a two dollar raise because uh, I got to drive an hour to get there. He's like, "No, you can't do it." Da da da. So I have to like go back to serving tables. Uh, I, I get connected with another church, and I'm hoping it's going to be it. But I was just like tired. Yeah, I was tired. I was like tired of like chasing after this call. I felt like, um, and, and I remember I was in Atlanta with my parents, and I told them I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm done with ministry." I literally told him, I said, I'm done with, with ministry. I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to move back to Boston. And one of my friends, one of my, one of actually my college roommate, he had offered me a job working in like financial stuff and yeah. making all types of coin. And I was like, I'm going to go do that. And my parents, my mom told me this, my mom's from Haiti. My parents are from Haiti. So she got a crazy accent. And my mom's like, 
Cal, that's how you say Carl in Creole. She's like, Cal, if you come back to Boston, I will kill you. <laughs> like, and she's like, she's like, I'm going to kill you if you come back to Boston. Uh, and, and she's like, you have to get on that plane tomorrow and go back. Mm. And, and I did. And I, and, and it, it's one of those moments, man. It was, again, it didn't happen like on a Wednesday night, but it, it was, it was my fork in the road moment mm. where I, I wasn't willing to continue to wait on God uh, on his timing for stuff. And, and if it hadn't been for my mom and all of her wisdom and, and her threats, mm. <laughs> um, I, I would have, man, I'd be in Boston right now, uh, Working a job, making money, and yeah, working a job, making money, doing Roth IRAs or something lame and like that, su- supporting some other sap of a youth pastor in Boston. Yeah, right? yeah, a hundred percent, man. Like I'd be like sitting in the back of his group on Wednesday night, serving like this right. guy's a joke. Right. <laughs> That's okay. I paid for the pizza, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then, oh, I, I love that it was someone outside of you that had to call you to it, right? Because we. Yep even though the call is like an internalized thing and it's the thing that has to be the unshakable personal truth. Sometimes we need the guardrails of the community yeah. in our life. And if that's like a family of faith or biological family, or whoever, but like, as we feel like the veer, like, I don't know, I can't trust myself. You probably yeah. can't trust yourself. And you probably exactly. need someone to be like, no, you do not come back to Boston. <laughs> I kill you. I kill you. <laughs> I love it. I love my mom. Oh, I, love my I love her, man. Well, hey, man. So one, one of the things when we first met, we were talking about is, is that ability to communicate to a room. Because I think that's one of the things that like, it, it, it's like a core competency of youth ministers is to be able to like stand up in a room and yeah. whether it's 20, 200 or 2000, like to be able to kind of engage with as many people as possible in that room. And yet at the end of that, there's so much other ministry to do, right? Like there's like this yeah. core competency of being able to teach. And then there's like the relational stuff during the day, or as, as one of my young friends that we met for ministry stuff actually this morning and talked about, how do you balance what it means to be a communicator and a person that's good in relationships? Cause they feel very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, one of the ways that we talk about this on the show is the after nine question. So after maybe like a big Wednesday night or after like a big weekend of like multiple services, yep. like where, where do you go and kind of like, sort that out in your head? Like, where do you process that? Like, what do you ask yourself? Is it like a late night run to Taco Bell, to Village Inn? Is it like silence? Is it like, is it like to AMC for a movie? Is it a Netflix binge? Like what, what is the way in which you like process both the relationality of ministry and the ability to like communicate to a larger group? Yeah, man. It's, it's for me, it's Wendy's and, and Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, so it's Wendy's and Seinfeld. So I, like, I'll, I'll go grab some Wendy's and I'll go home and my family's asleep and I'll tune on, I'll tune on some Seinfeld because I've been a Seinfeld fan forever. So like I can watch it without watching it. And it's just like, you know, I just catch a funny line here and then it makes right, me laugh. Right, right, right. But as I'll just sit Just a show there, about nothing. Just a show. show about nothing, man. Uh, and as I'm sitting there, pro- I'll sit there and I'll just process that night. And what I'll really ask myself is, um, did it matter tonight? Mm. Did it matter tonight? And more importantly, will it matter in six months to a year? Mm. Like, did I say something tonight? Did I have a conversation with a kid? Did I have a conversation with a leader that mattered tonight, but maybe more importantly, will matter in six months to a year? Um, I think it's George Whitfield, but this like, you know, old school evangelist guy, early 1900s kind of thing, dude. He he led these big revivals and had led you know, hundreds to Christ. And someone asked him uh, one day, like, Hey, like, uh, you know, how many people got saved at that, you know, tent thing you did the other night? Yeah. yeah. And, 
And he's like, we'll find out in six months to a year. Mm. Like it, he knew momentarily people were raising their hands, people right, coming right. forward. But he's like, no, 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 man. Like the process, the process of sanctification, sorry, big Bible word. Uh, but like that process, that's, that's a, it is that it's just that it's a process. So yeah. I'm all now I'm really thinking through on like those late night things. Isn't so much of like, man, did that, did that, did that singular sermon crush it? That singular event mm. uh, that my team's running crush it. It's more like, where are they going to be in six months? Where are they going to be in, in 12 months? And did I say something that's going to help give them handles to get there? That's going to help, you know, build them up to get there. Does that make sense? No, no. I love that you're judging it by the half-life, right? Like, so it's one yeah. of those, it's not the like, okay, yeah. like, like how many hands were raised? How many, dude, I, w- I would love it if our attendance for like ten, have the success tonight service was based on our attendance six months from now. Like you can't, you don't gauge it tonight. In six months, you go back and look and that's what the March service was actually about. Oh, that's good. Cause like that, that, that requires us to like be patient, which most of us aren't. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and it yep. also requires us to take a longer view, which most of us can't because we, yep. we want to live in this week, right? Like, was this week a win? Like, I don't know. Like nobody got hurt and people went yeah. safely. <laughs> I guess it was a win, but like yep. the, the long, the long, the long game in a short season, right? Like how do we play the long game in a short season? And we have to adjust those metrics. Like, yeah, you can, you can gauge like, okay, impact transformation like who who had a difference made on their life but you cannot know tonight you can't know tonight's measurement was for six months ago it was for a year ago today yeah if you want to i tell a youth worker if you want to know the health of your youth ministry graduated go on their instagram go on their snapchat and check where they're at that night Mm. like you know a year later go check they're at check on a Friday night. Okay. This is what Zach's doing. This is what Chad's doing. This is what Carl's doing. Like that's the stuff where I'm like, okay, now I know that, 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 that we're making a difference. Now I know that we're doing that. We're really beginning to tread down the right road. That's good. That's good. Okay. Speaking of going back forward in time, back in time, yeah. you go all the way back to the first year, 17 years ago, yeah. first year youth ministry, Carl self. What is something that you would need to tell him that only he would believe from you? stay just it stay like <laughs> just stay i i i've i've had the awesome privilege man of working at uh one, two, three. This, four churches four churches four gospel preaching life-giving uh uh jesus, jesus singing churches yeah <laughs> jesus singing churches man uh but i would have told that kid i would have been like bro stay Maybe not, not just stay at that, not, you know, particularly the first church I was at, who lovingly sent me off and was so glad that I was going to the big leagues and going to work at a mega church. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm so pumped for that. But those different periods in, in, in ministry where I bailed, mm. I bailed on a friendship, I bailed on a relationship, I bailed on a kid. Mm. You know, I bailed on a volunteer. Uh, and then, you know, the big one, I bailed on, on a church. Mm. Like, like, I would just be like, Carl, just stay. Like, uh, our, one, of, one of our teaching uh, pastors here, uh, Andrew McCourt, he said this uh, just recently in a sermon. I loved it. So I, I've stolen it as mine, but I'll give him credit here. Okay. He said, <laughs> don't, <Yeah. laughs> uh, Andrew said, uh, don't mistake planted for buried. Oof. Don't mistake planted for buried. And I think so often in ministry, we mistake that we're buried. Mm. But actually God's like, no, 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 man, I'm planting you. And some 
something's going to flourish. But you know what do we do? We we we, we uproot it. Yeah, and, and we go and we go plant it in someone else's yard, man. Yeah. And it's it's like I would just tell that kid, man. I'd be like, Carl, just just stay, just stay. Mm. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah, man. All right, man. So one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show, we're finishing up a month of talking about communication stuff. And you pitched out a question last fall when we were hanging out together that I've still been wrestling with and in many yeah. ways trying to like sort through, filter through. And the question, I think this is how it went, was how do you walk into a cold room, meaning a room that like doesn't know you that well or maybe hasn't been set up by half an hour of awesome worship or like an MC? Yeah. And how do you begin to immediately engage? And I think for a lot of youth pastors, it's almost like, we need to go through like the combine of that as part of our communication, like, like training of being able to take a room that feels like very like, like disoriented and like scattered. And like, what is the way you bring them in? Like, what is the way that you call them in? I think a lot of us lean on the, like either prayers transition or it's all about how good the band is, or it was all about like the ambient swell of the guitar player, right? As you walk up or if the bumper video was hilarious, but for a lot of us, we don't always have those on a week to week thing, but we do teach on a week to week thing. So like, what, what are some like, like insights, practices of being able to like pull the group in and immediately like get into the thing that you were trying to communicate to speak the truth well? Like how, how do we begin to parse through some of that very necessary core skill of, of proclaiming and speaking the gospel? Uh, you know, one of the things for me is I, I, I just really try to grab the temperature of the room. Like, so I walk, I'll, I'll walk in and I'm, uh, whether I'm standing in the back or in the back of the room or in the side of the stage, but I really want to like feel like what's going on. Like I'm looking, I'm like, are kids laughing? Are they talking? Are they, are they disengaged? And right there, it, it, it will kind of trigger in me. Okay. This, this is the direction to go. And again, I'm always asking, I'm always asking the Holy spirit. It's like to really like make it clear, but I'll go, all right, it needs funny right now. So okay. man, I might be preaching on, uh, Some lamentation. Yeah. yeah. And it's not funny. Yeah. But, but the room needs, the room needs funny right now. Uh, or it, it, my, my opener might be super funny, but I know, man, like there was just a tragedy at that high school. Mm. So I got to address right where I got to re- address right where these kids are at, or, you know, un- maybe a kid in the youth group just took their life or, or it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but like, I'm, I'm going to sense the room and go, okay, this is where, this is where we need to go right now. So it, it's, 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 it's not, it, you got to not have your agenda. You know what I mean? Like, it's right, like, okay. Oh no, I'm preaching on this. I got to just walk in and I just got to do my thing. And I'm hoping, on go. Yeah. 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 And, and oftentimes I, I'll notice with a lot of developing uh, leaders and developing communicators is they're not in tune to where the people, to where the people are at. Okay. Uh, I'd say also just really practically, like you got to do something to disarm the crowd, Okay, disarm the crowd and be like, Hey, I'm just like you. I'm okay. just like you. Say, say um, more about that because you're saying disarm and like, like I'm feeling something when you say that, but maybe help us give kind yeah. of an example of what that looks like. I mean, like I, I, you can't show up like with the, as the Bible answer, man. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> I, like, Hey like, everybody, I, Carl is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I've got it all figured out. Like I think students want to hear from someone who has more wisdom and has, you know, a, a couple more stripes than them, but they want to know that you not just were like them, where it's like, I, I, I was just coaching up one of our, uh, one of our uh, pastors, youth pastors, student pastors here. And I was just telling her, I was like, you were giving me way, I'm in the back listening to her talk this last week. And I'm like, I heard too much. You guys, you guys, mm. you guys language. I'm like, it's gotta be me, us, 
we like that's disarming. That's disarming to kids. That's disarming to students. Cause they're like, okay, now I'll listen to you. Cause you didn't used to struggle with envy. Yeah. You struggle with envy. Yeah. You didn't used to struggle with uh, anger. You struggle with anger and you're still up there. E- even some of the, like, even Zach, even some of the visual stuff, man, like if, if you got a big stage, if you're lucky enough to have like a big stage in your room, yeah. but you got like 25 kids, yeah. Get off the stage. Okay. Get off the stage. <laughs> get on the ground right. with your kids, man. Yeah, like, get in there. Yeah. Get, get in there. And if you got a big stage and you got a big group, still sometimes get off the stage. Get and in get there. It. Yeah. It's, it's just a visual thing that's saying, I'm down here with you. Yeah. I'm down here with you. I'm trying to figure this out just, just, just like you are. So I think being, you know, taking the temperature of the room. Uh, looking for areas to say, "Hey, how do I disarm? How to disarm the listener? How do I let the listener know that I, I, I'm I'm struggling? I'm going through the same stuff as they are." Obviously, caveat to that: don't be the youth pastor that over-explains stuff. Sure. Like, you know, what I mean? like I, I was sitting listening to a sermon one time from this guy, and he's like telling these guys, like telling these boys how not to like get involved in porn and all that kind of right. stuff. But then he goes through a play-by-play. I kid you not, of how to hide porn from your parents like he's like if you go on this website yeah, and then do hard. this and then do this and then do this and you write i'm like oh my gosh like what's <laughs> happening what's happening yeah. <laughs> yeah. well but, but i love the 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 what you've just shared in the way in which it is both like pastoral and it both uh, invokes a certain level of, of presence right like you you have to be available enough to read the room like you can't yeah. You can't do the thing where you're like so busy, like running sound in the back, or you're like having to run security at the front door, or you're so freed of responsibility that you're like in your prayer office and you're like yeah. waiting for them to like knock on the door to invite you to come speak, like to be like in it with the people that you're going to share with. Like if, if you are communicating tonight, this week or next week, like hear us, hear us, youth pastor, youth minister, friend, like be in the room, like, like literally like be in the room with yes. them. And that, that's like where you're going to begin the we train, right? Like if it's, oh. if it's the, like what I have or it's the what like you need, like make it the we, ride, ride the we train in the town of like we are in this together because that is, I mean, for so many students, if they're struggling with depression and isolation and feeling disengaged, the, the best thing that you can offer them is the sense of community by what you have to share. And so Carl, I appreciate just like you, you saying like, man, don't be in the back of the room with your head down, like trying to like figure out the last little bits of your notes. Yeah. It's either too late or you need to be more. Yeah. <laughs> it is too late. It's too late. Like at this, you are point, not going to learn it now. <laughs> right, like you, you're not going to figure it out now. The best hope you have is the Holy spirit and being able to adapt to what the room needs their pastor to say. And that's, and, and, and let me add this little piece. Too, yeah, yeah. This has been rocking me lately, man. It's not even the before. It's not just the before it's the after. Mm. Um, I was challenged to do this by uh, my buddy, John Harris, who's an OG in, in youth ministry. But he was telling me a story of like, he was like, Carl, when I was like early on in youth ministry, he's like, I, I was at this youth thing, da, 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 da. And this, this, this youth pastor is uh, preaching. And after she finished preaching, he's like, I watched her do something that has stuck in my memory. He's like, she walked off that, uh, off this platform, sat on the edge of the stage. And he's like, she was there till 12 30. But here's the deal. He's like, that was a common practice for her. Mm. And I took that, I took that note and I said, dude, I'm, 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 I'm putting that in my game. Yeah. And bro, you wouldn't believe the mm. impact that that's had in this last year where 
if I preach, I don't go back to the room. I don't go to the leader meeting. I don't go talk to the other staff. I'm like, I'm going to get with the students. Yeah. If, and, and literally, I'm speaking at a camp last weekend. I sat on the edge of the stage. Until and everybody I, left. I prayed. I, this one was nuts. I, and this is not like bragging, but it, it, it showed me the, the need. I probably prayed with 150 kids. Mm. And, and it was conversation. Some of them just wanted a word of encouragement. And it was just like, I feel like I could have done that and not even a preach. And it was like, but now you take that isolated incident of a, of a camp. And I don't, I don't know those kids, but if you're a local youth pastor and your kids know that they can count on every week, I tell my staff this every week, I want every student to know that they can come and be prayed for and be prayed with. Mm. If a kid is expected that no matter what Zach says tonight, afterwards, I know he's going to be sitting down front praying. He'll pray for me. He'll pray for me. He'll pray with me. Yeah. That's what's getting that kid back the next week. That's yeah. what's what, when his parents get divorced, when his buddies uh, are, are, are smoking pot or doing whatever they were, or he's feeling that isolation and that loneliness that he's like, I, I know I got somebody. And now, now, if, now your communication becomes so much more real mm. because you're real, you're approachable, you're, you're, you know, you're in their zone. You're not this like lofty, pious person. Man, I get fired up about this. Oh, I love it, man. No, that's good. That's oh, good. <laughs> uh, well, and I, and I know that, man, for so, for so many folks like that, that's the kind of stuff that like we get so caught up in, like what might be like hip or new, but, but it, it is that relational availability, right? Like we, we want to get so wrapped up in like how high of a level of production did we have or how, yeah. like, you know, how like on schedule did everything run? But like, if you, if you are not, doing all that to set up yourself to have more relational availability, more pastoral moments with your, with your students or creating spaces for your other like staff and leaders and adults yep. to have those spaces and moments, then, then you're missing it because that it wasn't ever about the talk. The talk was always making space for the conversation. Come on. It wasn't about how good the series was. It was that the series was the bridge to get the small groups into the, the conversation yep. moments that need to be into. And yep. we can lose sight of that, right? We, we yep. can lose sight of like cranking down all the gears and making sure everything's as tight as possible and as polished yeah. as possible and, and then not leave any space like leave any space for the relationship and so oh you preaching one more question for you one more question yeah. for you because the people even as, as practical and helpful as this has been for me and I, i'm writing down notes <laughs> this week um what, what is something maybe that is a tip an application a process that's making your time in youth ministry better like is it something you downloaded something you've read something you're doing like what's something about your life in youth ministry that's like man you guys this is super helpful this is super great uh, this is, uh, this is so dumb, but, uh, I really, you've heard the old adage, uh, people over process or people over program. Yeah. Like I, I've just really committed myself to that lately. Okay. Like here's, here's the deal. Like, <laughs> I think the longer you stay in this, the longer you stay in this, this, the trappings just become less and less, man. Okay. Like, like it, it, it's not, man, I, I tell people this. Mountain Dew and Pete and, and pizza still works. Mountain Dew, pizza and dodgeball still work in youth ministry, man. Like, trust me, trust me. It still works. And we spend so many, so much time. I spend so much time like laboring over like these nuances and it's like, Oh, make sure the slide, the font and the slides. Right. Like right, right. Kids don't give a rip about that. The they background don't... matches the lights. The background matches. No the one yeah. cares. No <laughs> one cares. I, I, I love, I love, to strive after excellence, 
But bro, get with the people, people over program, people over process. And it takes a certain amount of security. It takes a amount of personal security to go, I am, I'm going to invest in the people. I'm going to invest in my core students. I'm going to invest in my, my, my leaders. I'm going to invest in my church. I'm going to invest in myself. It, 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 takes, it takes so much discipline to say, to, to say that because the program going well, the process going well is a checkbox. I can check it off, man. After nine, I can sit there with my Wendy's and my, and my Seinfeld going, yep, ran the game. Yep, yeah. uh, 60 kids showed up. Yep, did the... But I got to think of those stories. I got to think of that kid. I got to think of that yeah. adult. I, and, and, and seriously, I got to think about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got to elevate me over the program, meaning am I spiritually healthy? Yeah. Am I in a spot where I, I have enough in me that there is an overflow out of my heart to really communicate to these kids? Like, bro, like I, I communicate to students out of a deep, deep passion, man. And, and if I ever come and do a camp or, or something, something for one of your listeners, man, like, like people to come into a normal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what platform I am, what stage I'm on. Uh, that's the truth that I want to, that's the truth that I want to communicate. And, and I think so often we can get lost and forget about the people because um, the process and the program is easier to check off. So yeah, man, I, I tell you, that's, okay. that's what I'm, that's what I'm learning right now. That's, that's, a, good that's what Carl's learning. Yeah. That's a There's a great word. book. There's a great okay. book uh, called um, uh, Four, Four Chair Discipling, Discipleship by Dan Spader that I'm going through right now. Um, why I love that is because it really does. It gets back to the roots of relational, relational evangelism, relational discipleship, and really looking at uh, uh, John chapter one and how Jesus, you know, just told people, come and see come and see. Okay. And it's just a real relational thing. So that's the, I, the, 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 a type out there that really needed something specific. It, go, go get it book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Well, Carl, if folks have more questions or if they want to follow up with you about the book that you're reading, <laughs> yeah. how, how, how do they find you online and connect with your brother? Uh, dude, uh, I'm, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. It's on the Insta? Carl, okay. On the, on the gram. On the gram. On the gram. Uh, it's Carl, K-A-R-L, Romus, R-O-M-E-U-S. Uh, okay. So Carl Romus, uh, I don't know. There's no app. I don't know how Instagram works. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm there. Uh, I work at an awesome church in Northern California called Bayside Church. Um, Had a TV uh, show shot there, right? You know, in the 90s, early 90s? No, no one knows. What no, no. <laughs> If you've been in youth ministry for longer than 12 years and you were born in the late 70s, early 80s, and you appreciate that reference. You appreciate that joke. You appreciate (laughs) that. So, yeah, and we have an awesome conference, a youth conference that we run up here every January for a couple thousand kids. but yeah, man, uh, I do. I do some church consulting. I do. I work with uh, with a fabulous organization, doing uh, some mastermind groups where I get to coach a couple of guys across guys and gals across the country. Truth. Uh, yeah. But reach out to me on the gram, uh, and uh, right there you can just grab like uh, my my phone number, my email, any stuff like that. And uh, yeah, t- t- again, love to communicate and uh, chat with youth workers out there. So anything I can do to help, uh, totally up for it, man. Love it, love it. On the DMs. <laughs> On the DMs. On the DMs, Carl. It's been a, a treat today. And I, my heart is warmed. And I'm going to hug you through my computer right now and tell Come you. Come on, bring it. But not bring in it. person. Not in person. Yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Carl, giving it up. Thank you so much, brother. And we'll talk again real soon. Thanks, Zach.